the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. How many football games have you seen? I know I've seen thousands and thousands of them, and last night was the first time I've ever seen a player collapse from a heart attack after being involved in contact. And if you weren't watching Monday Night Football last night, you've heard by now about DeMar Hamlin, a kid from Pittsburgh, who was hit in the chest and got up and fell right back down and then ended up leaving in an ambulance. The fact that there have been thousands and thousands of NFL games and that has never happened before tells you just how rare it is. Here's an explanation from Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox. The most uh, common thing that this would be, the way it looked from the blow to the chest, uh, that was not a severe blow, but but a moderate blow directed at the chest. The most common thing would be something called commotio cordis, which is Latin for agitation of the heart. What that is is, by the way, you don't have to have underlying heart damage or an underlying uh, inflammation of the heart for this to occur. It occurs because it happens at just the right time in the cardiac cycle where you get an arrhythmia, where, you, where your heart starts beating irregularly due to the, to the blunt trauma, and you go into something called ventricular fibrillation where your heart is quivering. And if you look at the video of this, everybody has, it looks like he suddenly drops. And that would explain that. What, what the good news here is that the Bills are reporting that they restored his heartbeat on the field, which is tremendous. He had CPR pretty soon, and the ambulance was there within five minutes. They use an automatic external defibrillator to restore his heart rhythm. The key question is, how long did he go with less oxygen to the brain? And from what these reports are, I would say his prognosis is good. You know, they, he's in critical condition, which is predictable. He's in the hospital. You know, we don't know more details than that. He's likely on a ventilator. They do that from the point of view of protection. And again, to decrease any swelling that's going on in the brain. Commotio cordis, most likely. As far as we know, the kid is going to survive. And we don't know about his football future, of course. But what we shouldn't be hearing here is that this is just one more reason for parents to be afraid of having their kids play football. And that's out there. People are saying it. It was terrible, but it was extremely, extremely, extremely rare. It's not going to happen to your kid. The chances are ridiculously slim. Anyway, when we come back, if you had to fight your way through airports over the holidays, what do you hear how much your tax dollars help the airlines ruin your holiday? And then in our second half hour... A guy who predicted cannibalism for America back in 2014, he was brought on to 60 Minutes as a climate expert last night. Stick around. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. 
And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! What would you give for a child you loved to make their wish come true? To help them fight a critical illness? Just imagine what you'd do. You see, wishes are so powerful, and you can make them real. They can give a child back their childhood, even change the way they feel. Every single one of us can make the stars align. Because when we come together... Hope and joy will shine. Wishes need stars like you. Visit Make-A-Wish at Wish.org. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, I've mentioned here a few times that one of my goals in life is to never fly on a commercial flight ever again. You got a private jet, maybe we can talk. I just can't take the stupidity in airports, and boy, did things get stupid in airports over the holidays, especially for Southwest Airlines, which always seem to have a pretty good idea of how to do it. Well, if you had issues with Southwest, it probably won't make you feel any better when you find out that your tax dollars made it all possible. Adam Angievsky is the founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com, and he joins us now. Adam, thanks for being here. 
great to be on the program, John. Thanks for having me on. So how much money did the airlines get in COVID money? $7.2 billion in U.S. taxpayer subsidies and bailout monies just since the year 2020. It's an incredible amount of money. And Southwest stole Christmas for, you know, if not a million, a million and a half of their customers. They couldn't get 15,000 planes in the air over Christmas. Those flights were canceled. And it was $7.2 billion of U.S. taxpayer money that we put into the, to the airline. Southwest received a lot from taxpayers, so they owed all of us a lot, and we just didn't get a good return on investment, quite obviously. So did, did um, Southwest get $7.2 billion, or was that what went to the entire airline industry over during COVID? It's a good question, John. So we took a look at that. It was $54 billion that saved the American airline industry during the pandemic. I mean, the politicians made what's probably the worst political decision in the last 100 years in closing down the economy. You can't go to college and, and find a class in economics on closing down your national economy. It wasn't, you know, and so now you have all these problems. You had to bail out travel and leisure. So $54 billion bailed out the airline industry and $7.2 billion, a ridiculous amount of money, bailed out Southwest. Just Southwest got $7 billion. It's hard to fathom. And we broke that number down, John. There are 54,000 employees that, that you know, work for Southwest. So if you divide that number by $7.2 billion, it's $133,000 per employee. In effect, taxpayers for an entire year paid the entire payroll of Southwest Airlines. Now, that frees up a lot of money in a budget for things like upgrading your IT infrastructure. Yeah. But what did Southwest do? They expand, they used their dollars to expand to additional airports. Like in February of 2021, Southwest adds O'Hare in addition to their hub at Midway in Illinois and Chicago. They expand other airports. They don't upgrade their IT infrastructure. So they leave in place an IT infrastructure. They couldn't even manage their existing footprint. And they made the C-suite decision to expand the footprint. And this is why Congress needs to hold hearings. Now, the $7 billion that was given to or loaned to Southwest, how much of that will Southwest actually pay back? $2 billion, and they have 10 years to pay it back. Wait a minute. What, where's, where's the other five billion? That was those were grants. Those were direct subsidies to Southwest Airlines. Taxpayers have a massive investment into that airline and all the other airlines. And this is this you know airlines are supposed to be you know private companies. They're traded on Wall Street. But now you know government has put so much money, our money, into these airlines. And you know, for instance, Southwest. They melt down over the holidays. They can't even keep a plane in the air. And so now we need to hold them accountable. And were the all the airlines lined up with their hand out for that? I think you said $54 billion, So they all got the same, um, well, I don't know, about the same amount of money or whatever amount of money they did get. They only have to pay back, what, about uh, 20% of it? Maybe a little more than that? Yeah. Yeah, so I... Yes, yeah, so I think it's a little less than 30%. So, so on ratio, off the 54 billion, about little but you know, little less than 15 billion would have to be paid back. Taxpayers ate the rest. Now, now tucked into this was kind of a unique little deal that Congress worked out with the airlines that because we put so much money into them, the federal government received warrants to purchase the stock at different strike prices out in the future to try to claw back some of our taxpayer subsidy. It's a little complicated, but the strike prices, like for instance, on Southwest start at $36 a share. When Southwest melts down over the Christmas holiday, the stock price takes a nosedive. None of the strike prices are in the money. We're all underwater. And right now taxpayers would not have any claim to claw back anything because they're Stock has cratered so poorly. So, Kent, that's so the, the federal government, I think you call them warrants, W A R R A N T S. These stock purchases, they could, the idea was that 
well, we'll buy this stock now at a low price because we know with the help of our subsidies that the value of the stock will go up. And then we will, we being the federal government, will sell the stock and make money back for the taxpayers. What person in Washington ever thought that would work? Exactly. When you're giving out participation trophies where everybody wins, you don't make the hard and necessary decisions to get better. For instance, to upgrade your, your IT infrastructure. So Southwest didn't do it. They didn't, they instead, they expanded their, like I said, their airport uh, footprint and, and didn't take the hard decision to upgrade their infrastructure which people are saying is equivalent to the infrastructure in the 1990s. You know, I've, it's been a long time since I've flown, and I've, as I mentioned at the beginning here, I purposely avoid airports at all costs. I, haven't, I actually haven't flown on a commercial flight, in, well, any kind of flight, for about 10 years. And, but when I, the last time I was flying, I took some flights out west, and I flew southwest, and I, I found southwest to be the one I liked the the most of, the, at least the the airlines that were available here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they seem to be, and I've they seem to be a, pretty popular to me. I've had a great experience on Southwest. As a matter of fact, you know, look, I've got a big heart. I uh, I flew Southwest today from Illinois to Washington D.C. while I'm holding them accountable for melting down over Christmas. I've got <laughs> four hundred thousand points at Southwest, John. I want this airline to be successful. But look, we have to put government subsidies to big corporations on the table. There has to be hearings to hold folks like Southwest accountable for, for bait, for misspending $7.2 billion. Look, we, uh, we delved into their financials. It's already nearly two years ago, but coming into 2021, so 2020 is the pandemic, the hard pandemic year, 2021 Southwest was the first airline to emerge into profitability. They were the first one in the first quarter of 2021 to declare a profit. It was a $116 million profit for the first quarter of 2021. They started 2021, check this out, with $14.3 billion of cash on hand in their bank accounts. Again, they didn't upgrade the IT infrastructure. Taxpayers are picking up their entire payroll. They've got $14 billion in the bank. They're profitable in the first quarter of 2021. And they expand operations with aged infrastructure. So what's their excuse for having a total systems failure and a meltdown over the holidays when you're supposed to be prepared for, you know, maybe some bigger crowds? (laughs) Well, they rolled the dice and lost. I mean, that's the only explanation. Yeah, but they're they not really rolling the dice. Revenues. Are you really rolling the dice when you're rolling the dice with somebody else's money? Yeah, you're not. It, look, and that's why, that's why, look, Nancy Mace, she's a Republican in the House. She's called for a forensic audit of Southwest and how they spent $7.2 billion of our money. And she's right. We should see where every dime of that flowed and unpack all the decisions after we decided to bail out that airline. Because they obviously, the C-suite at Southwest, the leadership failed. You know, the pilots, the people that you and I deal with at the airline, the baggage handlers, the pilots, the flight attendants, they're outstanding. It's a C-street, it's a C-suite leadership failure at Southwest. We're we're talking to Adam Angievsky. He's the founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. He's here to tell you how much your tax dollars were used how many of your tax dollars were used to help out the airlines do a terrible job during the gigantic storm uh, and storms that we had a couple of weeks ago so um how has the airline industry gotten away with being bailed out so many times and then i'm guessing bailed out and then not had to pay the money back that was used to bail them out yeah and and that's why we need to put all the congressional subsidies to big businesses on the table for years, John, and I've come on your program, I've talked about the billions of dollars that flow to Fortune 100 companies who don't need the money, who have access to Wall Street and all kinds of capital programs. I think, you know, during the pandemic, that was unique because the politicians, like we talked about, made such a bad decision. 
to close down the economy. And that's, that's led to the trickle effect of what we're talking about here today. And look, I, you know, on, on the 26th, the day after Christmas, my family and I, we, we, you know, the Southwest app showed our plane. We're flying to Miami for a nice vacation and the Southwest app showed our flight was on time. We checked our bags at the curb. We went to the gate 30 minutes before we were supposed to board. They canceled it. Our bags a couple of days later flew to Miami. (laughs) We never did six bags. I have one of them back. Four were supposed to be FedEx from Atlanta to us. The FedEx tracking number says there's only three bags. One still in Atlanta and one other bag is floating through the system and they can't tell me what city it's in. Oh man. Well, here's the thing, Adam. You're supposed to, if you were running a business and you do such a stupid and such a bad <laughs> job of running your business as they did over the holidays when, the, when it's the most important time of the year to get people from one point to another and you know you're going to have the crowds that they have, if, if there's not a government there to bail you out, is there a little bit more incentive for you as a business to make sure you don't screw up to that level? Heck, I mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to pay mean, the price for it, are they? I told my daughters, not knowing it, we walked in to one of the most catastrophic business failures in the history of the country. For that week's period, yeah. they inconvenienced about 1.5 million passengers by our estimate at OpenTheBooks.com. They ruined you their lives. They've they ruined yeah, their, 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 their holiday. They, yeah. You had soldiers coming back from leave, and that yeah. leave is prized. Yeah. And they, they spent it sleeping on an airport floor and never got to see their families. You had, you had uh, sons and daughters whose fathers and mothers had died, and they couldn't get home for their funerals. I mean, this is absolutely, you know, it, it's ridiculous. And South, like I said, Southwest needs to be held accountable for all of this. And the, the people who are sleeping on the floor are the people who are being forced to make sure that the airline that made them sleep on the floor doesn't have, the pri- have to pay the price for making them sleep on the floor. That's right. Exactly. And that, look, the uh, CEO has been on the job, I guess, for 11 months. Uh, but I'm telling you, he was tone deaf right out of the blocks on his first, on his first public statement, that video – I think his apology came at the end of that, and it was I thought it was disingenuous and pretty weak. He issued a uh, total apology a couple of days later, and that was much better. But it took him way too long to fundamentally understand the pain and suffering his company was causing people. Well, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Southwest Airlines ever being forced to pay back that extra $5 billion. I got about a minute left here, Adam. Uh, the $1.7 trillion spending bill that was just signed. You got one or two favorite uses for that? You can give me in about a minute. Yeah, a million dollars went uh, to create a new way for surfers in Mundo Beach Cove, California. That's good. To get to the, to hit the waves. It was a million-dollar staircase, not to heaven, but to the beach. That's good. That was an earmark. There was a $2 million earmark for in Baltimore by Representative Infume for the national great uh, black American Wax Museum. Yeah. There was a $3.7 million earmark from a member of Congress in t- Nashville, Tennessee, uh, 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 blanket, uh, Jim Cooper. His brother's the mayor of the city of Nashville, <laughs> uh, and he earmarked him $3.7 million over at the city. You've got the retiring U.S. Senator from Alabama, Republican Richard Shelby, he was the ranking member yeah. in the Republican caucus on the Appropriations Committee in the Senate, and he earmarked $50 million to his alma mater, the University of Alabama, who is going to, has already announced, is going to archive his Senate papers. Boy, and then be... Chairman Patrick Leahy out of Vermont earmarked $30 million to the University of Vermont, who's archiving his papers. Wow. The insanity continues, Adam. And thank you for shining a light on it. We'll have you on again soon, I hope. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Okay, that's Adam Angievsky, CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Representative Kevin McCarthy fails to capture a majority in the first round 
vote for House Speaker. The House of Representatives leadership election is going to a second ballot for the first time since 1923 after no candidate secured the 218 votes necessary to be elected House Speaker. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona was nominated as an alternative Republican candidate to Kevin McCarthy in the first round, a move he said he would make after he challenged McCarthy in a GOP conference meeting late last year. Biggs won seven of the 11 alternate GOP votes in the first round of voting. The failure to reach 218 was widely expected, and McCarthy himself indicated that he expected a few rounds of voting. Bernie Bennett, Capitol Hill. A second House ballot is underway now. And 28-year-old Brian Koberger in a Pennsylvania court expected to waive extradition and return to Idaho to face murder charges. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now, Christian author and evangelical leader, here to remind you that God's gifts should never be taken for granted. Take, for example, your retirement savings. You've worked hard for your money, and God has rewarded you for that. Now, with record inflation eating away at the value of the U.S. dollar, those rewards are literally being taken from you. But there is a way the faithful can fight back. By diversifying your retirement account into gold, your savings can be protected. And that's what God wants. Even better, a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group allows you to transfer your current retirement funds into gold without fees or penalties. To see how it works, text the word FAITH to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs. That's FAITH. To 989898. Take action right now, and I pray that your family is blessed with continued prosperity. It's time to shake off the bad of 2022 and look at things with a new perspective. Will this be the year the Biden administration finally figures out inflation? Will this be the year prices at the pump continue to fall? And will this be the year Congress actually works together to help the American people? Yeah, wouldn't hold my breath on that last one. Whatever 2023 holds, we're sure happy you're spending it with us. Happy New Year. AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. It'll be cloudy and mild tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight's low 56. Tomorrow mild with rain at times. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, a passing shower in the evening, otherwise considerable cloudiness. The low 38. Thursday, cloudy skies with a high of 48. Friday, cloudy and colder with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. So is there uh, anybody who out there who's allowed to be wrong more often than climate change hysterics? It's, uh, it, I, I'm going to, since I, I, it's been going on for I don't know how long, they were predicting a new ice age 50 years ago. Yesterday, 60 Minutes dragged out one of the all-time greats, Paul Ehrlich, to predict the rapidly approaching end of the world if you don't listen to him. H. Sterling Burnett is director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. He joins us now. Sterling, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me back again. So who's this guy, Paul Ehrlich? (laughs) Well, he's a a biologist out of California, and he has been making a living, and I mean quite a a good living, prophesying doom uh, since at least the 60s. So when I was just a baby, 
uh, he was saying the world was coming to an end, and he's predicted various dates when, uh, you know, he, he wrote a book called The Population Bomb. That was when he, one of his earliest big works, but he wrote books called Extinction. And basically, throughout his career, he's made dozens, if not hundreds, of predictions. And as far as I can tell, and looking at all the predictions he's made, he's never been right once. <laughs> he's lost money on bets, betting with people, he was so confident, and lost money on uh, some of the predictions that he has made. And yet, despite the fact that he has never been right, he's written book after book that is wrong, wrong, wrong. He gets invited, he's considered an expert on issues of population, climate, energy. How can you be an expert when you know nothing? And the proof that you know nothing is you keep saying these things are going to happen and they never occur. It's amazing. You know, Chicken, Chicken Little was finally right. Yeah. Well, it's never right. Well, that's the thing. Um, how does how does somebody he's 91 years old, by the way. So he's yeah. he's predicted the demise of the world going back, as you said, to like the sixties. And yep. you know, he was fifty years old, forty years old, thirty years old back then, and here he is sixty years later. And fortunately for him, his predictions did not come true because he made it to ninety one years old. Well, you know, he's so worried about extinction. Ninety one, he's lived a pretty good life. Maybe uh yeah. you know, he can help save the human race. Uh, you know, I hate to say something like that, but the guy he, I don't understand it. I mean, in popular press, he's considered an expert. On talk shows, he's considered an expert. And no one once ever says, Mr. Ehrlich, you've been wrong. Everything you've ever said is wrong. You've never been right. Why should we keep having you on the show? No one's ever raised that question. Why did 60 Minutes pull him out of retirement to talk to him yesterday with a big feature? I've got no, I've got no idea. Ne- I don't know anyone who's ever been more wrong than he has been, which and is, yet they still consider him an expert on these topics. Which is okay, because he's apparently made a career out of it. He's 91, and people are still calling him up to come on their shows to yeah, be wrong. Yeah, no, to, he's made to, a living, made a good living. To be wrong. So the question is, as you said, what is going on at 60 Minutes? That's supposed to be a pretty good, well-respected journalistic enterprise who over there woke up one day and said hey let's get this guy who's predicting cannibalism like seven years ago and get him to come on and let's treat him seriously who predicted uh 200 million people and more would die during the uh, 70s from famine uh who who uh who said you know parts of the united states would be underwater by now that the earth would be uninhabitable, that, uh, uh, you know, huge chunks of the population would be dead. I, I don't know, but the truth is, I mean, you know, you say, oh, 60 minutes, well, it's supposed to be respected. It's respected by the elites who watch it. I mm. stopped watching it. When I grew up, my dad watched it religiously. We watched every Sunday, 60 minutes. Sure. And, Everybody and, and I guess back then, maybe it was a, res- uh, it was, it was a news program worthy of respect. But I've watched it for years now, and it hasn't been a news program where you – I mean, remember, Dan Rather was old 60 Minutes when he was lying about George Bush. Yeah. Uh, he – you know, they, they, they finally had to rein him in. They, uh, they ran things on acid rain, and after they passed a law to, uh, to change the Clean Air Act, uh, then, they, then they run an article. Only after they passed the law – that 60 Minutes had been pushing for, did they run an article saying, well, you know, this is all BS. <laughs> we, we could have solved the acid rain problem, the, the acidic water problem, with some lime in, in, in pools. Yeah. Uh, you know, the point is, I'm not sure. I'm sure they're still considered or respected by the elite, by the intelligentsia, right? Mm-hmm. The people who, uh, who, all those people in Gore Vidal's uh, New Year's Eve party that couldn't understand how uh, Reagan had won because nobody who he knew voted for him. Right. Um, uh, but I'm not convinced that it's really a, a, a credible news organization. Well, it it made its reputation, and I know we're not here to talk about the media, but it yeah. the, the program made its reputation back, as you said, when you were a kid and your your dad was watching it, and when I was watching it a million years ago, there were only three stations on in prime time in our house. 
So if you didn't watch 60 Minutes, I don't know what else was on at 7 o'clock on Sundays. So they they have survived with a much smaller audience than they used to get, I'm guessing. But yeah. they had a monopoly on the uh, on a near monopoly on the airwaves at the time, and they I think they did do good stories back then, and I think they did have credibility. That, and that's the sort of odd thing, right? Is that is that when they actually had a monopoly and they could do whatever they wanted, they actually acted as journalists and did investigation. Right now, now that they don't have a monopoly and they have to compete with. Uh, with other news organiz- so-called news organizations, rather than burnishing their reputation, rather than saying, here's the place you can come to if you really want the facts and not, not the fantasy, not the fabulism, uh, come to 60 Minutes and get facts. No, they've become just one more show with talking heads uh, making wrong predictions. And as, as I said, back in 2014, this guy, Paul Ehrlich, was predicting that we'd soon be eating dead humans. He said, he said I think, something yeah. like, uh, in a few years, it won't, be, um, it won't be considered bad form to say you're going <laughs> to eat some dead humans. So is yeah, there any... Well, all he was doing there was doing a riff on fiction, right? Right. Soil and green. Right. Is he it... was just doing something like... But, you know, what's scary, what's scary with New York now becoming, the, I think, the eighth state to allow it, uh, in, in one sense, we might be eating humans pretty soon because... We're compost, composting humans in eight states, yep. and that compost is going into vegetables. Uh, you know, coming to a coming to a, a, a supermarket near you, uh, food grown on dead people. I'm and, not sure. And I'm, you're not you're I'm not kidding. That. That, was it New York? You said it just just passed that law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York just uh, the governor governor just signed the law. That's it, it, making it the eighth state that. Uh, Allows the composting of human beings for uh, for mulch. I think I read part of that. So if you when you die, you they don't just bury your body in the ground and then let it decay and become whatever it's supposed to become. They yeah. put you in. It's kind of like being cremated. Only you're not cremated. You're just composted somehow in a big box, and then they I don't what and then they they spread it around like fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. They they they, they put you in a box with. With uh, garbage and pe- you know uh, uh, food garbage and waste and peelings of uh, you know uh, fruits and yeah. and even small bits of plastic and it gets very hot and humid and breaks it down real quick and uh, then you can go out and uh, grow not just your roses but I would suppose your uh, your peppers and tomatoes yeah nice. uh, with with your aunt you know <laughs> uh, it, it it doesn't sound like a good idea to me. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, evidently, uh, uh, the people of New York and California and Washington State and Oregon and a couple others think that uh, eating granny is a good idea. Is there any other area of science? So maybe, maybe so. Maybe I have to apologize to Ehrlich. Maybe he got one right. Yeah. Is <laughs> is is there any area of science? And we're talking to Sterling Burnett. Uh, he's a director of the uh, Center on Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. Is there any area of science that gets this much leeway, that is able to be wrong? I, I, keep a, I keep a thing handy in my notes section of my computer that was written a couple of years ago, and, wow. and it's, it's the 50-year record of the climate doom predictions and how, how many of them have been wrong going all the way back to the first – back in 1970 when they were predicting another ice age. No, I don't think that you asked the question. I think it's a great question. I don't think there's any area of science. It's not just climate. It's the whole environment and energy mm-hmm. uh, science industry. Well, how did that happen, uh, Sterling? In academia. It, you know, they, they, predicted, they predicted, they first predicted we were going to run out of oil in, in like the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, but there's the supposed, to, supposed <laughs> to be debates about scientific theory. How did it happen uh, with well, the climate and, and as you because said, the environment energy. was never because because the environment was never about science. It was always about ideology. Mm-hmm. It was always you know biology is a science, right? Chemistry is a science. Climatology, I'm not convinced it's a science. I think it's something that they've they've come up with for, for, for political reasons. It's not that you can't do objective science on the climate. You you can study data. You can make predictions and test your theories. But that's not how it works. If it's too hot, 
it's climate change. If it's too cold, it's climate change. If there's not enough rain, it's climate change. If there's too much rain, it's climate change. That's not a testable theory. That's a religion. Well, global warming only worked for a while. And and now we, you can't use that because we just had temperatures below zero on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's Eve climate change. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. climate change. It's the same thing. It's, it's somehow the warming of the globe has caused it to get colder and that caused the the polar vortex to become more frequent and powerful despite the fact, and this is the problem, it's despite the fact that the data doesn't show that it has become more powerful no. or frequent. That's the thing is they don't rely on data in climate science. They eschew data. Models are everything. Yeah, the predictions. Are, are you going to believe the data or are you going to believe what our models are telling you? And when it comes to climate change, unlike every other field of science I know of, they say models are what's important, and their outputs, not and those, what actual data shows and proves. And those models have been shown to be wrong, just just like Paul Ehrlich has has predicted things. What they use those models for is to make predictions that continue to be wrong. As I said, I've got I've got it in my computer that I can refer to anytime I want. Fifty years of being wrong with their predictions. Fifty yeah. years up to I think fifty two now, but it's fifty two years working on fifty three. They're still out there. Well, you know, and, and, and the funny thing is, so many of the same scientists uh, like uh, um, uh, Barack Obama's former science advisor when he was president, John Holdren, who predict, who said during the 1970s that the earth was cooling and we were facing the next ice age oh, yeah. and wrote books and wrote books saying this. It's in their textbooks. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's what we had last weekend. Wrote, uh, you know. And, and and then they just flip a coin and say, well, today we've decided it's global warming. Well, most of the uh, it's country... All, it's all different. Most of the country so, had... I'm sorry, I, I wanted to ask you about this last um, last couple yeah. of weekends. That most of the country had some really nasty weather around Christmas, including uh, something called a bomb cyclone. How, yep. how rare was the severity of that storm? And are the usual suspects blaming that on humans and saying it it is rare or was rare? Well, it's 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 a vol- you know the bomb cyclone is just another way of saying a, an extreme polar vortex, and that's not new. Uh, it was first described back in the 1950s, but it's been around since then. So that's that was it was around before then, but it wasn't described in science literature until then. And so that's 70 years, right? And uh, but they are still blaming it on climate change. Somehow, somehow, a warming world makes the uh, uh, makes it colder and snowier, uh, despite the fact that the data doesn't show it's getting colder and snowier. Um, it, 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 it's called weather, folks. Uh, we've, we've had it for time immemorial, and we'll have it until, uh, you know, time ends. It's, it's not, there's no trend. You, you measure climate change over 30-year periods, and there is no trend in increasing polar vortexes. There's no trend in increasing heat waves. There's no trend in increasing drought. They don't exist, those trends. It's not showing the change. And it's not warming as fast as any of the models predict. There is one trend, however, a dangerous trend that is occurring. And it's not due to climate change. It's due to climate change policy. And that's we're running, we're, we're running short on energy at critical periods because when you know the country was freezing, there wasn't enough power in New England and Texas where I live. Yeah, that's what and I that's wanted to get due to. to climate policy. And that's due to climate policy. Was green energy of any help to anybody, uh, or did it make things worse during the recent cold spell the country just went through? Despite the fact that wind power accounts for nameplate capacity, over 20% of the power in Texas now, we're providing about 3% of the power during the peak demand. And why? During a cold spell. Well, it turns out that when uh, when turbines get ice on them, <laughs> they, they don't turn, you don't want them to turn, because you don't want them slinging ice. Uh, hundreds of yards onto highways. Oh, okay. Uh, big spears. You know, you, you, you know what icicles are like on your house, and they can be dangerous. They can fall off. Well, imagine a turbine, ice forming on The wind doesn't blow. Ice, icy rain comes down, freezes to your turbine, and then suddenly the wind picks back up, and that thing starts spinning. You don't want that. And it's shooting bullets, uh, ice bullets. Addition, yeah, it's shooting ice bullets. And and your solar, oh, well, we got solar. Texas is sunny. Texas is largely sunny. But when it go, when it when it's at night and the ice and the snow fall, <laughs> and it covers your solar panels and you and you wake up the next morning and you're not getting power. So the point is, 
we, we created a, a power system that wasn't dependent on the weather. You would have outages sometimes during emergencies. You know, you'd have um, a, a lightning strike or a tornado come through. That's, that's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But here we've, we're, we've taken a power system designed by engineers and replacing it with one designed by politicians who are not engineers uh, based on praying to the gods that the wind blows and the sun shines. We're going back to the old power system, which was we, we appeal to the gods and say, please let the sun shine. So I will have my electricity as opposed to, well, I got a coal car here shoveling coal into the power plant, so I know I'm going to have electricity. Yeah, I saw a picture on Twitter. It was a, a train, carloads of coal, and it said, yeah. on its power for electric cars. <laughs> it said fuel for electric <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, I've seen the cartoons where the guy, is, uh, his, his car ran out of uh, charge, and so they're charging it with a, a portable generator run on diesel <laughs> you know uh you're cutting emissions there i'm telling you um it's 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 madness to to take a good a, a well-functioning power system that's not dependent on the weather and to make it specifically you know depend on whether the weather conditions being just right you know the, we're, we're creating a goldilocks power system it has to be just right well I, I can't let you go this is sterling burnett and he's director of the uh, center on climate and environmental policy at the heartland institute we're talking about credible sources of news and analysis uh in the new york times did you see the essay by somebody named mara altman who says short people are better for the planet because they eat less and require less space she says it would be a good idea to search for a short mate so that your kids won't be too tall and ruin the planet. And that was a serious essay, I think, this weekend in the New York Times. Well, you know, there was a movie out a few years ago where uh, they, uh, I think Matt Damon was in it, where they, they, they could shrink you and you'd live a life of luxury as a very, very small yeah. person. You know, I remember that. Yeah. House. yeah. And uh, and uh, you'd be wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. Right. All you had to be was very very small, you know. Uh, and so, look, these are the same people that think it's okay to, that, that it's good to eat people because it's good for the climate. Um, <laughs> short people. So so basically, what she's doing to I believe what someone described to me is she's doing to her children is she's not feeding them all sorts of stuff. No, no. She got yeah, she's five foot six, and she was re- she referred to in the story as a guy out there who's been pushing this for a long time. Yeah. and I think it's he who does not serve his kids dairy and, and some other stuff because he's hoping to stunt their growth because they'll be, it'll be yeah, better for the planet. Now, now, not that long ago, I'd say thirty years ago, that would be considered child abuse, and maybe oh, his no children question. would be taken from him. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, you know. Basically, what he's prescribing and what she's prescribing is the North Korean diet. Do you want to know why North Koreans are relatively small and yeah. stunted? Because they're now malnourished. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, go go to uh, go to uh, the wonderful Aztec and Mayan temples down in uh, Mexico and see what the entranceways are like for those people. Yeah, they were very little. very short because they had poor diets. Mm-hmm. Well, most, I tell you, a doctor is not recommending these things. Crazy people who are more concerned about climate than their children's health right. are and, recommending these And as, as my dad used to say, Sterling, and I'm out of time here, is that someone's going to come and put a net over them, this, this guy who's pushing this stuff. And there are plenty of them I out wish. there who need it. <laughs> I wish, but now I think they're being invited to the halls of Congress to tell us how to live. <laughs> hey, Sterling, always good to have you on. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks. Take care. Okay, that's Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. There's still time for business owners to claim their federal aid under the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. Cash refunds of up to $26,000 per employee are available for employers who continue to pay their employees during the COVID epidemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at Ferguson, Timar & Associates have been 
serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE, and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per employee of free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data... You can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, there's a lot of stupidity out there today, and it's the beginning of a new year. One here is from the Daily Beast. NFL yet again uh, proves it doesn't give a damn about black players by a guy named Ernest Owens talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin's collapse. It has something to do with the, the players are black. That's why they didn't cancel the game right away. And... Uh, which couldn't be more ridiculous, uh, as if the if if I don't know if if he's saying that, that I think there's a uh, a paywall on this, and I sure as I'm not paying. But uh, there, he's talking about the fact that the the I don't know if it's because the individual player was black, or he's saying it because there are a lot of players in the league who are black. But that's why whatever happened last night, whatever you didn't like about what happened last night, it's because of either the the unfortunate victim of the injury is black or because there are so many black players in the league. And then, I don't have time for it, but there's another one out there by Time Time Magazine. Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. I'll just read you the headline real quick. Time Magazine stigmatizes exercise as white supremacist. So if you do jumping jacks tomorrow morning, you are a white supremacist. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.